Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All right. Last night, the Charlotte City Council had its swearing at ceremony. I'm sorry, swearing in ceremony. Swearing at ceremony is a completely different event. It happens during Festivus. Um, but the uh, the swearing in, uh, you know, after the council race, the election, uh, and then the new council members take over. They go. They all get sworn in. And I watched it, so you didn't. You, you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. After they do the swearing in, the first thing that they do is to name a mayor pro tem. And the mayor pro tem position is is a weak position in a very weak sort of system. We have a in North Carolina we have a council dash manager form of government. The at your municipal levels we have councils that have the authority and managers that work at the pleasure of the council. You do have the mayors, but the mayors really don't have a lot of power in North Carolina. Uh, some of them, uh, I think uh, Charlotte, I think was like one of the, we've got a mayoral veto, but I, I want to say that that's not even a really, uh, that's a pretty recent development, just historically speaking. Same thing at the gubernatorial level uh, as well. So, and the reason for this was because of the Civil War. And uh, after the Civil War, there there were, you know, the rewriting of the constitutions and stuff, and there was a uh, there was an attempt to limit the powers of the governor and the mayors and stuff. So we have a council management form of government. The mayor pro tem is there. The position is there to uh, act as a, you'll hear the council members talk about this, is to act as a liaison, if you will, between the mayor and the rest of the council. So in that regard, the mayor pro tem does have some bit of juice, a little bit, because the mayor pro tem is part of the council, which has more power than the mayor. But mayors have the bully pulpit. And mayors, strong mayors, can move public opinion and can help sway council, you know. And in Charlotte, you've got, you know, Democrat mayor. You have a, uh, a majority Democrat council. And so inside of the party, the mayor can move members to vote certain ways based on internal uh, party politics, uh, based on public politics. So there, there are all different ways to kind of get at what you want in this form of government. But the mayor pro tem position is pretty much largely ceremonial. Um, yes, you're acting as sort of a go-between to try to uh, you know, make things operate smoothly, especially if you've got personality conflicts uh, among uh, members of the council and the mayor. The mayor pro tem is also there to run the meetings if the mayor is not available. Um, and the mayor pro tem can also go and uh, act as a, a stand-in for the mayor at events. You know, the big ribbon cuttings, you know, so one of the uh, job requirements of the mayor pro tem is the ability to uh, to handle with some level of uh, 
expertise, uh, the big oversized uh, pair of scissors when you cut the ribbons. So you got to be able to do that. They, they run them all through this test ahead of time uh, to make sure they can cut the ribbons. So, yes, it's largely ceremonial, but what we saw last night was a display of an internal fissure inside the Democrat Party. Because, the, and I've talked about this um, for years, I talked about it when I was up in Asheville, because the same dynamic played out there, which is when you have a body like the city council or the county commission that we have here, it's completely controlled by Democrats, you don't have a Republican voice to raise issues, highlight contrasts, or to, uh, to tease out differences in a public setting. And what happens then is a lot of this stuff that's internal inside the Democrat Party is never seen to the public, even though they are our, quote, representatives. There are all sorts of party dynamics occurring inside, internally, that we don't ever get to see. And what we saw last night was a public manifestation of an internal fissure that's obviously present. So we had two contenders for the mayor pro tem position. And in the past, um, it has always gone to, okay, well, hang on, before I get to this, I would just like to express my, my sincere and profound disappointment in the lack of the use of the term votainer. Last night, I heard all sorts of people talking about top vote getter, vote getter this, vote getter that, vote getter you, vote getter me, vote getter, vote getter, vote getter. And it's a terrible word. It's an awkward word. It's awful. The word votainer needs to replace it. I have been on a crusade. Some might call it quixotic, but I have been on this crusade nonetheless to have the term votainer replace the word vote getter. It's just cleaner. It sounds better. Votainer. It sounds more positive, too. I don't know. Vote getter almost sounds like a slur of some kind. So, votainer. I'm going to be using the term votainer. In the past, the tradition has been that whoever finishes first in the at-large city council races, there are four of those seats, there are six council districts, right? Or, yeah, six districts, and then you get the mayor vote. Or, no, wait, four. No, you got 11. Right, so seven. So you have, you have all of these districts. Wait a minute, now I'm doubting myself. Why am I doubting myself? Is it seven? No, it's six. No, it's seven. Oh, my gosh. No, it's no, it's seven. Okay. I don't know why I doubted myself. It's seven. So you, so you have four at-large seats. That's the key. Or you got four at-large seats. And whoever finishes first in the at-large race, the top votainer in that race has historically been picked as the mayor pro tem because that's the will of the public. And so city councils have deferred to the public. Now, people want to think that that all changed for some reason recently, but it didn't change recently. The first time that that this historical um, tradition was uh, was ignored was about 20 years ago. Now, Pat Mumford, at large Republican, was the votainer. He finished first. And he was denied the mayor pro tem position. For Patrick Cannon. And that's when Democrats first changed the tradition. They first upended the tradition and they said, well, yes, Pat Mumford got the most amount of votes, but 
We're going to now change it to be the most amount of votes among the majority party. And they did this so Pat Cannon could become mayor pro tem. Because it's a, yeah, it's a feather in the cap and you put it on the resume and it's like, ooh, mayor pro tem. It's like, I'm the mayor pro tem. Kind of like that. He, of course, then goes on to run for mayor and wins and uh, then goes down in a bribery scandal. So this has occurred before, but it was done for a nakedly partisan reason. It was to deny a sort of a, a twofer where you have Pat McCrory and Pat Mumford as mayor and mayor pro tem. So they denied Mumford that. Fast forward. A couple of years ago, Julie Iselt, she runs, uh, she's a Democrat. She becomes the votainer. She she comes in first in the at-large races. She is not mayor pro tem. Now, the reason they stated at the time, and she was agreeable to this, which was she had just won her first election. It was her very first campaign, very first election, and she won and she was the votainer, but she had no experience. And so they did not make her mayor pro tem. Okay, so that's sort of a reasonable explanation. There's no partisan politics or internal politics going on. Okay, fine. But then the last election cycle where Dimple Ashmira, Democrat, comes in first. She's the votainer. Her fellow Democrats now don't want her to be the mayor pro tem. For whatever reasons, they don't trust her. They don't like her. They don't want her to be the face out in the community of the Democrat Party. No idea. Doesn't matter to me. Point is, they upended the tradition at that point again, and they put Braxton Winston in the position. He then parlays that into a now run for statewide office. He's now wanting to be the labor commissioner. So, uh, by the way, last night he also did his sort of farewell speech. I've got some audio from that if we get to it. Um, it was basically a stump speech, but whatever. Um, so, so now we have. So now the tradition is kind of it's now destroyed. Okay, so. Now, it's anybody's, it's anybody's uh, seat. It's anybody's position to try to lobby for, to try to uh, uh, convince your fellow council members to name you, to vote for you, whatever. So it's your first attempt at whipping votes, basically. And so we have two contenders, Victoria Watlington and Dante Anderson, two black females. And the Democrats were split on this. So that's what I mean, the internal fissure inside the council, but inside the Democrat Party as well. We'll take a listen to their uh, to their speeches, to their campaign efforts, and to uh, Lawana Mayfield. Good Lord, what a piece of work. All right, so we had two contenders for the Charlotte Mayor Pro Tem position. Victoria Watlington, who left a district seat to run at large, and she was the votainer. She came in number one. And so now she wants it to be like the tradition to, to, uh, to be followed, where the top votainer gets the mayor pro tem post problem. Democrats blew up that tradition repeatedly. So now you don't have the tradition, right? I mean, as he, as recently as last time, two years ago or whenever it was. So you don't get to, you know, blow up the process and now say, Oh, we should have this traditional process take hold. So no, that's so now she has to basically stump for the post, which is kind of weird. Because in all my years covering city council, there was never any kind of campaigning for it. It was all determined 
by the outcome of the vote on election day. Whoever was the votainer became mayor pro tem. But then you had Dante Anderson. Dante Anderson is a district representative. And she's only been in office for like one year or so. Because remember we had the, because COVID and messed up in the census and it messed up all of the, uh, the election cycles for the municipal races and stuff. So she won that seat at, at the district level, but she hasn't been in it very long. So that was the that was the attack against her was that she uh, she's new and she's a district rep. There was no actual argument against Watlington. There was no specified argument against her last night, which was kind of weird. She touted her experience, and on paper, she's very qualified to have the post. So what was it? What was it that prompted her colleagues not to vote for her? I mean, because this vote was split five to four among Democrats. It was a five-four split. In this corner, we have Victoria Watlington, Charlotte City Council at-large candidate, wants to be the mayor pro tem. As I mentioned, I believe we find ourselves at an inflection point in our city and our region with an opportunity and an obligation to address significant challenges Mm -hmm. for the future, including our housing, transportation, infrastructure, and economic mobility. I believe we've got tremendous potential to enhance how we operate, to improve the effectiveness and the efficiency of our processes, our policy, and our governance. As a systems engineer, innovation manager, Lean Six Sigma black belt, project management professional, Doctor of Philosophy with a graduate certificate in public policy analysis, a two-term council member who has served in the district, Mm -hmm. as a committee chair, and Mm. now at large, Mm. I am uniquely qualified to help improve our internal processes as well as work with external partners to further our policy goals. She sounds qualified. Next up in this other corner, we have Dante Anderson. I'm not going to read my resume to you. (laughs) It's, It's too long. What I will say, <laughs> what I will say is that I've been rooted in service um, from the very beginning, um, and I have connected uh, to serve the city of Charlotte in a variety of ways for decades. And as I alluded to earlier, I am just a poor kid from Southside Homes. That's what I am. And I've been able to reach heights and um, have tremendous academic accolades and professional experiences that I don't need to lay out to you now. Um, But the most important thing that I believe in this moment as you think about a mayor pro tem is you need someone who can work with every single human that sits at this dais and work collectively to hear disparaging voices Mm. to bring together what will be a better and brighter solution for the city that we all love. I think she meant disparate um, voices, disagreeing voices. I don't know about disparaging. All right. So those are the two candidates. And part of the problem, she kind of penned herself in by saying she's not going to go over her resume. And then you could hear like every time when she started talking about her qualifications, she had to kind of reel it back in. Because she just said, I'm not going to go through my resume. All right. But Dante Anderson's comments there echoed something that Republican Ed Driggs said in his remarks after being sworn in. I am what is called a Republican. Um, 
you know, you may have forgotten about those, and that may connote certain things to you, but these are really not applicable in the local context. Uh, I think that we have a shared sense of where we want to be, where we want to go as a city. Uh, I'm on board with a lot of the initiatives that we are taking, but at the same time, uh, as we pursue those goals, we need to be cognizant of, for example, the businesses in Charlotte and the people, the employees of those businesses who create the vibrant economy that we have and that make it possible to invest in a lot of the things that matter to us. So I hope that as we pursue our, our shared priorities, that we will always be, and I appreciate, uh, Tia, your remarks, uh, that we will always remember the totality of our community and be appreciative of those who enable us to do what we do and, and be mindful of those who need us to do a lot of the things that we do. Um, I think that it's important, we've heard some uh, comments made about working together and frankly, I'll be very candid here, um, I think we can do better in that department. Uh, I think we all understand that. And it's not even a question of whether we disagree, it's more a question of working together. Like, we need to understand that we are a team. Uh, I feel like a teammate to all of you, uh, even at times when, you know, we may have a different priority or something. But being a team means more communication among us, uh, and it means recognizing that our shared purpose is to reach a consensus and, and to therefore be able to act with a solid majority of us, you know, in the same space and pursuing the same goals. At the end of the day, we have a vision of a future for Charlotte that includes trees, it's clean, uh, it's safe, uh, it offers opportunity to everybody, and uh, there's no disagreement about that. So let us bring our various talents and skills to bear on finding solutions that we can all agree on. All right, so one of the, when I heard Ed Driggs' comments there, because then later on when they got into this vote for the mayor pro tem. But it reminded me, Victoria Watlington had yelled at him like a couple years ago, two years ago or so, yelled at him, accused him of uh, white privilege and all this stuff in an open council meeting. And I just wonder if part of the reason why Watlington did not get enough support among her Democrat colleagues was because of that kind of posture that she has in her interpersonal relationships, you know, if she's combative with uh, some of her colleagues. Like that was a public display against Ed Driggs. I don't know what has gone on behind closed doors, but you had the council that was split essentially along a 4-4 uh, line, which seemed like that. So I, I don't know where all of the votes were beforehand. I heard the interview this morning on uh, Good Morning BT with Tark Bakari, Republican city councilman, who said that the two de uh, the two Republicans, himself and Ed Driggs, that they were just going to wait and see whoever got five votes. Whatever candidate got five Democrat votes, who had the majority of the Democrat uh, council members, that they would then throw their two votes over to that five-vote block. So they're, like, it didn't matter to them because it's a largely ceremonial position. So it didn't matter to them. So, yes, it turned out to be a 7-4 split, but the two votes were kind of, you know, just like uh, an extra field goal in garbage time at the end of the football game, right? Apparently, and what Bakari said during the uh, the interview this morning also was that Dimple Ajmira, who, who was, uh, you know, blocked from being mayor pro tem a couple years ago, 
They blew up the tradition and made Braxton Winston mayor pro tem instead of her, even though she was the votainer in the at-large race that she was trying to or, or, or angling or something to try to get the mayor pro tem position. That she was trying to find a way to do it, but her colleagues in the Democrat Party don't want her either. So they didn't want, so they were split. They didn't want her, and then they were split between Anderson and Watlington. Okay. By the way, you heard a, a, what sounded like a baby on the uh, microphone, and that's because it was, actually. That was Dimple Ejmira's child who was sitting on her lap during this part of the meeting. So that, that's the audio you heard captured in, the, in those clips where it sounds like a little kid that's kind of like that. It's because it was a kid. All right, so we'll hear from Ejmira talking about the tradition of the process. And then Lawana Mayfield goes on a tear. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out city councilwoman dimple ashmira who was the votainer last time around and did not get the mayor pro tem post said that this year's selection of the mayor pro tem has been a difficult process for the council which is weird because usually it's just kind of like a formality in fact we don't have a process to begin with and this has been challenging since we ditched the tradition in the past And I think in order for us to have unanimous selection for Mayor Pro Tem, I think we should have a process moving forward. We should have parameters in place that guides us, whether that would be a district rep, whether it would be a large person, whether that would be top vote getter. All right, so then Luana Mayfield launches into a six-minute speech in support of Victoria Watlington and uh, against Ejmira, without saying her name, and in defense of a lack of a process. She thanked the community for getting out and voting, but said that the mayor pro tem position is completely up to the council. The public has no say in it. She said she would never vote for a district representative to be mayor pro tem or somebody who has only been in office for 10 months. If she were a male We would not have asked about, well, is your job going to keep you away for an an extended period of time? Are you able to take on these responsibilities? Councilmember Winston works 15 jobs, at least eight of them that we know of. And we made a decision. And he stepped up to the plate and became a better mayor pro tem that I would have even guessed that he would have become. All right, so so apparently some of the council members were asking whether Watlington could do the job but with all of her other time constraints or, or responsibilities and commitments or something. And Mayfield is saying, oh, you wouldn't ask that if it was a dude. And then she points to Braxton Winston, who they put into that position over Ashmira. And Winston had all these other jobs. 
So, like, there's an inconsistent standard being applied here. Then she takes a shot at Ajmira. Yes, we can have a longer conversation later regarding putting some rules into place, but I need us to stop being misleading what? to you. It is the complete responsibility of this dais to say who is that person that we believe is going to be the best liaison, not only between the mayor's office and city council, but also in the community when the, when the mayor is not available or may be overbooked with multiple requests, which she receives on a regular basis. All right. So you don't want Dimbalaj Mira to be the face of the city council out at public events? Is that what I'm on? Is that my understanding? You don't want her to be the, the, the ambassador to the public at events when Mayor Vi Lyles cannot attend? Is that the idea? Why is that? Why don't you want Ajmira? Is it because she didn't get an endorsement from the Black Political Caucus? Which, by the way, a lot of the council members thanked the BPC for their endorsement and all their help to get elected. Because the BPC is a power broker inside the Democrat Party. Is that what's going on? Then she takes a shot at Dante Anderson, who now is the mayor pro tem, by the way. There is a level of responsibility and honestly respect to come into a space, learn how to do the job before saying that I want to step into certain levels of leadership and roles. And it is a concern for me that at 10 months in, the decision to say I want to step in this role when there is still so much learning to do on just learning how to be a representative and attending the trainings that go along with it. Okay, so so Dante Anderson doesn't have the time because she has to do the trainings. But Victoria Watlington, who has all these other commitments with her job and stuff, you would not ask that if it was a dude. Wait, so I'm confused. <laughs> the ability to work well with others was a motivating factor behind the vote of several Charlotte Council members, according to WSOC's piece by Joe Bruno. And I suspect that's the problem for Watlington is that she doesn't work well with others. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.